Gospel house. Most house music is gospel music. That is a, that, that is a good point. <clears throat> Hello, friend, and welcome to another edition of the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can follow us on Twitter at Trenton365, Facebook, Trenton365 Show. And if you're listening, it's over WIMG 1300, the oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey, the website, WIMG1300.com, and also on Twitter, WIMG1300. And if you're watching, it's over WPHY covering, covering Mercer County, New Jersey, through uh, Channel 25 WPHY. In the studio with me is author and artist Rashad Malik Davis. I'm going to make sure I get it right. A little tongue-tied there. So um, I met Rashad through uh, Eric Thomas, who many of you are familiar with through Regis Entertainment and our affiliations with bringing lots of jazz music uh, back to this region. And uh, he said, Jock, you've got to get this amazing young man in. He's an amazing author. He's a great guy. And he's doing some awesome things. So I looked at his website, of course, which is RamalikIllustrations.com. We'll be referring to that quite a bit later on in the show. And then I said, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I said, this is exactly what I'm looking for. We need to get this young man in and so that he can get some more exposure. And without any further ado, Rashad Malik Davis, welcome to the Trenton 365 show. Uh, thank you very much. I'm so grateful to be here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So uh, let's get right into talking about who you are, um, sure. a little background history, and then I want you to dive right into RamalikIllustrations.com because I was a bit blown away by the website, sure, all sure. the different materials and the offerings that are there, and plus the video snippet that you have posted as well. Sure, sure. So again, my full name is Rashad Malik Davis. Um, I'm an author illustrator uh, working on his first uh, self-published children's book um, that's both illustrated and written uh, by me. So. Um, as far as background goes, I studied at Tufts University undergrad um, and went to went on to pursue my graduate degree in animation at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, and you know, I it wasn't until my senior year of college though that I finally decided, you know, I need to pursue my passions and this is what I need to uh, kind of commit my life to. And um, you know, from then on, it's just been an upward kind of movement of discovering my own talents, um, discovering a lot about myself in the process, and really just um, figuring out what gifts I have that I can bring to the world and to the community around me. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to get into some details talking about the satisfying of your soul, your spiritual development, etc. For sure. But um, this region, wh where are you born and where did you go to school, etc.? Uh, sure, sure. So I was actually born in Staten Island, New York, uh, but around the age of nine or ten I decided, well my mother decided, <laughs> uh, to move to uh, Lawrenceville, New Jersey and I've been here for about 17 years now, mm -hmm. or oh, 18 actually. Yeah, about 18 years now. <laughs> um, and your other question was? Um, where and where did you go to school? Oh, right, right. So uh, for middle school, uh, well, actually for elementary school up through middle school, um, I studied at um, Slackwood Elementary and then went on to Lawrence Middle School. And then for high school, because my mother saw that there was a dearth of um, attention, um, or she felt a Saw, felt and saw that there was a dearth of attention paid to the black students um, and to the black community within um, that school district. Um, she wanted me to go instead to uh, St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, mm -hmm. uh, which is where I spent high school. Mm -hmm. Now, St. Peter's Prep has a very good reputation, not only for the academics, but also for the athletics yeah. there as well. <laughs> right, and right. are you athletically inclined? 
you know. Um. <laughs> you weren't in that line. I was. The guy was doing the creation. You were in the artistic line. Exactly. Just completely. I understand. That sometimes they're they're like A and Z, and sometimes I, I get that perspective. Um, so, um, it, I want to talk a little bit about um, your your mother. Sure. Taking that initiative and recognizing that, hey, you know what, my child's not getting the type of education that I feel they should. Right. And uh, right. took the steps to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to look for something else. Can you just touch briefly about your mom and her support and, uh, oh, yeah. and the kind of woman that she is? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, my mother has been my best friend, um, you know, for as long as I can remember. And uh, it's been her support. Um, and I, I've lived with both my mother and my aunt. So, you know, equally they have been... Um, very uh, tremendous for my growth and for my um, and, and and the support of my own artistic career mm -hmm. um, and so my mother you know she's always been very adamant about me um, visualizing the best and and, and you know I, I realized uh, after the fact that she herself was very spiritual but wasn't um, saying verbatim the things that I was feeling um, or just using the terminology that I believed in but she was uh, espousing the things that I believed in in terms of um, having a positive vision of yourself um, and sticking with that and really manifesting the kind of world that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And so she was very adamant about me being, no, you're going to have the best. You're going to be in the best because you are the best. And that was kind of the mindset that she instilled in me very early. And that's kind of stuck with me uh, since and ha has kind of gotten me through the tougher moments <laughs> of my artistic career. But, uh, you know, she was, she was very instrumental in that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk a, a lot about the support um, that you receive, not only from your family, mm -hmm. but also from the other people in your life, such as Eric Thomas. Yes. Who took that step in initiative and said, Jacques, you have to meet this young man. Right. So Eternally I, grateful. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. And, I'm, and I'm sure Eric is listening, so shout out to Eric. Um, that is exactly what I believe culturally has been lacking right. here um, in the United States, is that we don't have enough people outwardly speaking up and supporting the efforts of others um, who may not be doing the same thing that they're doing. Right. You know, almost giving right. credit um, to, to the people who are doing things that are outside of the box. Right. Um, and I say that because I spend a lot of time with the artistic segment of a population, whether it's someone who's an artist and, and a performing artist, right. or they're a visual artist, or like yourself, a digital artist. I, I find that a lot of times the ones that are successful and the mm -hmm. ones that I bring onto the show, they all have that same thing in common. They have family and friends who are behind them and supporting them 100%, right. constantly edifying them. Right. So just talk a bit about how important that is for you. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's crucial. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm reading a book right now um, by an author that I had the great pleasure of meeting by the name of Maladoma Patrice Somme. Um, and what he is, he's, an, he's actually an African shaman who talks about his experiences um, as, a, as a healer um, with, you know, within the traditional African context and um, as a shaman. And he talks about the fact that people are able to flourish within his village and within his community because of the uh, support of mentors in particular um, and how a mentor comes in because they're, they're basically guided to you by spirit um, as someone who has gone through the things that you've struggled with. Um, the things that you um, 
the things that you need in your life at that moment. They, they are always the person to kind of uh, supply you with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of an extension of community. And I, um, I'm always so grateful for the people that just kind of, you know, pop up <laughs> randomly in my life um, at just the right time when I need them. And I, I'm always grateful for that. Mm -hmm. That's like a saying I heard a while back that everyone needs a Peter, a Paul, and a Timothy. Mm -hmm. Someone who's walking with them, someone they're mentoring, and someone who's mentoring them. Right, right. And I currently am mentoring someone now, right? <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's working out. It's working out. <laughs> awesome. So, so Rashad Malik Davis, before we get into a lot of uh, meat and potatoes about who you are sure. as a person and what you're doing with uh, your art as well as your books, sure. share your contact information, please. Uh, sure. So um, if you want to reach me uh, via my website, that's going to be www.ramalik, R-A-M-A-L-I-K, illustrations.com. Um, if you want to contact me via email, it's the same thing, illustrations at gmail.com. Um, and those are my two primary forms of contact. I do have an Instagram and um, a Tumblr as well with the same name. So it's, it's all linked uh, with RamaLeagueIllustrations.com and Twitter as well. <laughs> awesome. And all the links as well as the audio from this interview will be up on the Trenton 365 Show Facebook page and tweeted out later on tonight as well. So you'll be able to get a copy of that and share it liberally. Um, when did you learn that you loved creating, you loved art? You know, that that was something that I just kind of, <laughs> my mother jokes, she's like, you popped out the womb with that one, you know. Um, it was something that I, as long as I can remember, just always gravitated towards. Um, it was always within me to have these worlds in my head. Um, I, I, I was always thinking and I was always imagining um, these places that were magical, fantastic, and always putting it down. Um, and, you know, it, it took a while for my skill set to kind of match up with the visions that I had in my head, uh, but eventually it did. Um, and it's, it's something that I've uh, kind of cherished for as long as I can remember. Um, but it, it wasn't really until my senior year of college, um, maybe a year, a, a year or two after that, when I, I kind of had to take that leap and say, you know, I can be comfortable and I can have um, a job that you know, is financially stable, it's, it makes logical sense, but in my heart it's not, it's, it's not fulfilling me, it's not making me happy, I, I don't wake up being like, ah yes, let me go sit at this desk, <laughs> you know, um, and it wasn't until then that I really decided that creative work um, was my modality of healing, um, and was my modality of really giving back and, and helping and reaching people. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd, I'd like to drill down on that a little bit. That's taking me off of uh, my, my list here. But the healing aspect mm -hmm. of it. Um, you know, when I create art, yeah. you know, I create stuff for myself. Right, um, right. Because it's visually uh, stimulating to me. Um, I'm getting an emotion out. Or it's something that I'm feeling. So to right. me... My art is therapy, mm -hmm. and I know that there are therapists out there who work in the medium of art, but I'd like for you to talk about it like during your personal healing process. Sure, sure. So um, for me, the, the healing aspect comes uh, as a result of making myself visible, and, and what I mean by that is for a long time I struggled with finding people who look like me, who had... Um, at least in entertainment. Um, I, had a, I had a hard time finding people who looked like me. I had a hard time finding people who I resonated with in terms of their worldview. Um, and really, my principle can just be boiled down to love. Um, and I, I had a hard time really finding that um, within media. And so the healing for me comes when I'm able to say, okay, I'm... And one of my really good friends, by the name of Talia, hey Talia, <laughs> she gave me a really good quote. She said, um, art 
should art is often um, kind of a looking glass, but it should be a mirror where you can kind of see yourself reflected back. And I was like, whoa, that that really just kind of encapsulates everything um, that my work is about is making sure that um, there's some aspect in my work of me being reflected, but also of the people that I want to serve. Mm. Mm -hmm. And and I loved where this interview is going because it's 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 flowing nicely, mm. and and I'm able. I, I'm one of those people I like to jump all over the place. <laughs> right. And and so, but but you're taking me in a nice direction mm -hmm. because I do want to talk about the importance of um, being able to identify with characters in books that we read and in illustrations, and so especially. Crucial when you're a young person right being able to identify with characters who look like you have the same issues right or not issues but go through the same life experiences that you do and to be able to identify and i'm glad that you're that you're creating these books can you just drill down on that a bit more sure sure so um you know i think the first time that i ever saw a black person in a cartoon was Bebe's Kids. <laughs> and, you know, I, I loved that movie. Um, but then as I got older, I realized how problematic a lot of those images that I was being fed were. And I mean, it was great animation. It was it was a lot of fun. But as an adult who's um, conscious of how images affect us, um, I was able to see, like, a lot of this wasn't um, reflecting my reality. And it wasn't necessarily reflecting um, back to me what I wanted to see in myself. And so, you know, as I grew up, I, I, I tried to identify with, like, Japanese culture for a long time because I couldn't find myself. Um, I was very into anime. I was very into um, basically any Japanese import that I can get my hands on. And it was, you know, it was on, it was on me to really recreate that. Uh, but it wasn't until one day I was kind of like, I'm kind of tired of drawing Japanese people. I want to draw somebody who looks like me mm -hmm. because that makes the most sense. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've, I've started to gravitate more towards literature, um, you know, with black heroes, with um, black heroines. And, you know, and beyond that, I, I like to also look at people who are different from me because that's kind of the, the value of entertainment and literature for me and the arts is that you're able to kind of take a look at somebody else's world and empathize with them. Um, and that's why this book for me was so important because I was like, I was seeing so much going on in the world uh, that I wanted to heal, but I was like, how can I reach people and how can I make them see that we have this shared um, common humanity with, you know, between all of us, but doing it in a way that's not preachy, that's not like overly, you know, bearing down on people. How, how can I do this in a fun way? And that's kind of where this led me to. Mm -hmm. And that's fantastic because I think that for many years, especially here on the East Coast, mm -hmm. um, you know, in between New York and Philadelphia, um, the idea has, has been often shared mm -hmm. that if you're too progressive supporting your own ethnicity, mm -hmm. then you're considered militant right. or threatening right. to a lot of people. Right. And, and it's nice to see that times are changing rapidly mm -hmm. and that there's another generation. I mean, you're an adult man. You're, you're creating opportunities for the next two and three generations behind to uh, have those characters who are interested in the same things they are. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned, anime. Right. And being able to talk about life experiences, but without it being in the context of wanting to revolt or cause harm. Right. Or, or being a separatist or segregationist. So thank you for that. Of course. And uh, I'd, li I'd like you to talk about about, um, the premise of your book, sure. um, and I know oftentimes uh, creative people 
have a tendency to have these ideas and they're percolating for a very long time. Right. And then right. it's it's almost like an epiphany. Something happens and then it like clicks and then it comes out and then the world is astounded and they say, <laughs> where, did, where did all of this come from? And that's when you say, well, I've been in my basement or I've been in my study or I've been writing this down for 20 plus years, etc. Can you talk about your personal experience and your process? Uh, definitely. Um, so with with this book in particular, like like you said, it just kind of you know hit me over the head one day, uh, where I said I need to do this. But um, what really planted the seed in me was unfortunately um, the killing murder of Tamir Rice, and um, you know I I named the main character of this book Amir in honor of him. I, I mean I, I don't publicize that because I don't want it to you know make it seem as if I'm you know profiting off of somebody's death. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, it hit me so profoundly. I it, I saw the image of. Um, Tamir Rice and then saw it juxtaposed with um, Emmett Till and you know for a day I was kind of numb to it but then finally the next day I just kind of broke down in tears I was like this is not normal um, how history repeats itself and uh, it, to me as a spiritual person um, seeing someone who looks so much like someone who was murdered uh, was kind of like the ancestors saying this is happening again we need to really concretely put a stop to this Mm -hmm. And so that was the impetus, really, for me to come up with a story. And that's how I got Amir's name. Uh, but as far as the idea for the story goes, uh, literally one day I was sitting on my couch with my um, mother or my best friend. I can't remember who it was with. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but the idea just kind of hit me from out of the clear blue sky. I, heard, I, I saw in my head two best friends. Um, I heard chakras in my head, and then I heard, you know, adventure. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just go with it and, um, and kind of move from there. And that's really how I got, I got my started with it. It's just, you know, I guess divine inspiration just hit me one day and I went along with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm glad you said divine inspiration because I think a lot of times people, especially people who are uh, faith centered right we have a tendency of, of saying that no you know god is working in this and oh, god yeah. is working in my life and it was divinely inspired because of this right so i want to encourage you to continue to say that and to continue to use that thank you speak the truth you know if that's what you really feel has happened to you and this is where you are and it's and it's uh showing itself through the rewards and the abundance of it and and the teaching that's coming with it Call it what it is. Uh, yeah, right, because, right. Because if if we read in, in scriptures and we believe in a spirituality and a faith base, why would we think that all of a sudden a time has come where it stopped? Exactly. So if exactly. it hasn't stopped, then that means either I'm not looking for it or I'm not recognizing That's it. it. That's so it. So I encourage you again to keep going with that. Um, you alluded to Talia. Yes. A little bit earlier. <laughs> and um, and uh, hi, Talia. And um, I'd like for you to talk about your friendship yeah. um, with her and how that kind of evolved into your book. Yeah, so... Um Talia, Talia herself, she is a one of you know one of my best friends. Um, the book itself is based on both me and my best friend Nina. So um, Talia has been uh, you know has been around with both Nina and I for as long as I can remember, and we've it's been it's been interesting. I've watched kind of friends fade away and and some friends melt away, and it, and that's you know that's just life. Um, but with Talia and Nina and, and I, it, our trajectory has always been kind of the same and we, we've always had the same passions has always been creative um with all of us has been writing um some to some degree of visual arts but it's always kind of been the same trajectory and um talia herself again she she was very crucial within the editing process as well um but it was nina really who uh was the impetus again uh, to get this to get the story going because she and i have been friends for 
so, uh, literally as soon as I got to uh, New Jersey, uh, we bonded over the fact that we both liked Pokemon and had uh, purple Game Boys. <laughs> so, you know, she's been my best friend since forever um, and really inspired me to, to get this going. So uh, this whole project is just love-based. It's like, you know, how can I spread this love that I have um, and that people give me into the world and give it back? Mm -hmm. and, and I want you to stay with that. I mean, that trifecta friendship that you mm -hmm. have and how it's evolved over the years. I mean, like I would assume when you were talking to me earlier that you're under 30. Right, yes, okay. <laughs> 25. So, so, so you've, you guys have been friends for, you know, a couple of decades now, basically. Yes. And, um, and your relationship and your friendship has evolved. Can you talk about the importance of having someone who you've grown up with, mm -hmm. who's known you since you were a child and adolescent and now an adult, how that helps you in this process? Sure. So, you know, having... It's interesting because we all have, um, like I said, moved in the same trajectory. And we've all somehow moved into kind of social activism um, and, you know, doing healing work in the best ways that we know how. And again, it's... For all of us, it's writing. Um, and additionally, for me, it's um, through visual arts and through music. But it's it's been really wonderful to have two people who share the same vision as you um, kind of help guide you along the way because even j just based on regular conversations that we have every day just about identity um, you know race any everything um, it's, it's been in incredibly instrumental in me building the world um, building these characters and you know I I've never said this to them but you know their friendship has really guided every aspect of this story so it's, it's been really important. <laughs> well, you've already said it. Yeah. You just said it to them, to them now, so that's fantastic. Um, so uh, Malik, or Rashad yes. Malik, please give the contact information again. Folks, I'm going to drill this home because I think it's very important. We're going to be moving super fast through this. I think it's very important for you to take some time, go to the website, reach out to Rashad, and, and get a chance to meet him um, yourself personally. Sure. I don't bite. <laughs> uh, my website, again, is www dot ramalik illustrations.com um, my instagram handle is the same uh, ramalik illustrations tumblr is ramalik illustrations and my twitter is my full name which is rashad malik davis awesome mm -hmm. now we've got just a couple of minutes before we're up on a on a, on a short break mm -hmm. but i'd like for you to take us into that sure. break and uh, just talk a little bit about your book i mean you mentioned the, the chakras yes and the idea behind it so uh, what is your book about briefly uh, sure sure so briefly it's about um, in a nutshell, two best friends who are basically charged with balancing the spirit world. <laughs> uh, so they essentially um, are bored. Their best friends have done everything under the sun, basically. And uh, the boy who um, is just frustrated, he runs home and he says, Dad, I have no clue what to do. So the dad, who's, a, who's kind of a, a yogi and a shaman, gives him a magical amulet and says, go have fun. There's a place you haven't explored yet. And so the magical amulet takes them, kind of Jumanji style, into, um, into this new world where they meet these heroes that are based on the chakras. Um, and the chakra system is a spiritual system, and I can explain that momentarily, but um, the kids are charged with balancing them and the chakras have to deal with emotional states and so the kids use their emotional intelligence and their emotional literacy skills to essentially heal this new world hmm, that's fantastic yeah. we're going to drill down on that in just a, uh, after a short break awesome folks i alluded to say this earlier that uh, 2017 is upon us and i'd like to say happy new year to everyone who is in the listening and viewing audience and to put a charge to you um 2016 is beyond us um it is now time for us to recognize that we've got one chance and one shot at this life that we have and uh, where we are and I encourage you all to step out in faith 
get involved in the game in some capacity and do what you can to build this community and to build the world that you really want, not only for yourself, but also for your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. We have the opportunity like no other time in history to be global media magnets and to be able to share our life and our experiences with whomever we can. I encourage you to do that. And we'll be back after a short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. And I'm your host, Jacques Howard. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. You can find us on Facebook, Trenton 365 show. The website, Trenton365.com. And on Twitter, at Trenton365. You're listening and watching over WIMG 1300, the oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey, and the two-time stellar award-winning station as well. And back to what I was saying earlier, folks, again, Happy New Year. And uh, it behooves us uh, for us to create the world that we want, not only for ourselves and for our families, but also for the children who are alive and for our other offspring, our great and our great great grandchildren. So I encourage you to get into the game. If you're having some struggles or difficulties with that, I know there's plenty of people wherever you are, but I'm willing to do that as well. So just hit me up via email, trenton365show at gmail.com, or you can find me through social media. I'd love to have a conversation with you, preferably over food, and then we can talk about some other things from there about how we can build this community and the world for everyone. Excellent. All right, so uh, in the studio with me is Rashad Malik Davis, and Rashad Malik Davis is a digital artist, but he's also an author, and uh, he's got his new, or his first book has just been released, and he's got some information to share about that, and we've been talking about lots of different things, about his background, what the premise is behind his book, and uh, in short, and I'm glad he put it out this way, it's about love, L-O-V-E, that magical, powerful word, love, in all of its different realms, whether it's the intimacy kind, or it's the friendship kind or if it's the parental kind. And, uh, and I'm glad that Malik is here through the reference of Eric Thomas, a friend of mine through Regis Entertainment. So um, Rashad Malik Davis, share the contact yes. information one more time, and then we're going to talk more about your book. For sure. So again, the website is www.ramalikillustrations.com. Uh, the Instagram handle is ramalikillustrations, uh, as well as the Tumblr. And my Instagram, I'm sorry, my Twitter is going to be Rashad Malik Davis, my full name. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Now, uh, earlier we were talking um, before we came on the show in our green room, mm -hmm. and we were talking about your spiritual development and how this has helped you on this path, and uh, it's obviously something spiritual that you're bringing out. Can you talk about that a bit? Uh, sure, sure. So my spiritual journey <laughs> has been uh, pretty intense. Um, it, it came about as a result of meeting some people who are not so good. You know, you unfortunately we all meet some people who are not so good. Um, and a lot of people seem to go through the most dramatic change when they are going through a traumatic experience. And uh, for me, that, that was that. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't until then that I really developed a, a, a kind of relationship with spirituality. Um, and I, I'm glad that you said uh, to kind of push me along in the direction of talking about spirituality, um, because unfortunately, I feel like in our culture, there's no room for it um, or, it's, or it's kind of shunned when you have an actual relationship. Uh, with spirituality. So um, for me, I was kind of propelled and pushed into um, developing certain gifts. So for instance, I was uh, being guided via dreams uh, to, you know, to go back to school, for instance, I was being guided via dreams. Um, and 
visions of see, seeing things before they happen and then having them happen, um, I was being guided through that way. And so it wasn't until um, maybe my, it was the summer of 2014, I believe, um, that I had a dream essentially where I was walking through the city and this uh, building exploded. And I said, oh my God, I have to protect myself. So I ran into um, a restaurant to kind of protect myself from whatever was coming. And I saw in the smoke that blew by the number 1557. And I didn't understand, you know, at, at the time what that was, but I decided to look it up. And at the time I was kind of contemplating whether or not I should go to, uh, go back to school, pursue my education, um, and pursue a future in art. Because it was, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're not going to be able to, you know, afford anything. You're going to, you know, die alone and hungry. So it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how can I move forward? Um, and I decided to look up that number just kind of on a whim, and I broke down in tears. Uh, the number... Um, spiritually was in reference to higher learning. It said, um, now is a time of formal education, learning, and study. And if you don't take this opportunity, you might not get it again. And so I was like, whoa, <laughs> let me do this. And so I just kept getting berated with more numbers like that, kind of guiding me step by step with what to do. And eventually, um, one day, I just kind of, again, with the, uh, with the words popping into my head, I heard the word SCAD. Like, oh, okay, let me look it up. And it was the number three animation school in the US. And I said, okay, I'm being guided here. Let me go ahead and apply. And I applied and I got in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm currently finishing up a few more classes uh, for my animation major. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's, it's always been um, from the summer of 2014, it's been kind of guided. I've been guided uh, very strongly, very clearly on what to do and how to move forward. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you share that story. And I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it actually um, humbles me and stimulates me, almost moves me to tears. Mm -hmm. Because, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, we have a tendency to want to put other people in a box and including ourselves in a box. Right. And if we are people who are spiritual people, which is, I mean, I think all of us understand that we are, mm -hmm. we are in no position to limit the movement of the spirit, right? Whether you want to say God or Jah or Ra, how can we limit that power? Exactly. Exactly. So, being able to articulate that 1557 through a dream talks about formal education and mm -hmm. study, right? And then SCAD, S K E D. Yes, uh, S C A D. S C A D. Yep. For you to be able to see that. And then to recognize and take the steps mm -hmm. to understand that that is an animation school. Right. Which ties in with what you're already doing. Exactly. It's almost like God has left the breadcrumbs <laughs> for you. <laughs> right. And Literally. If you don't follow those, then... Um, and let me back up. Because I, I say this all the time when I'm speaking publicly. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that guy that had... <laughs> an opportunity to do something, right? But for whatever reason, didn't do it. Exactly. Whether I was scared or I listened to someone say I shouldn't do it, I'm beyond that. Right. When I'm putting things out, I'm putting them out because I can't keep them inside. Exactly. And it exactly. may not make sense, mm -hmm. and I may not be able to fully understand it or or articulate it. Right. But I've got to get it out. Right. And I'm right. learning that there are many people who are in that position in life. Mm -hmm. And my life is becoming a cup that's overflowing with those people. Right. And 
I believe that if we can come together and share our resources, whether it's time, talent, or treasures, experiences, ideas, etc. Right. We are moving in an opportunity and in a way where we're just going to keep growing and multiplying. And then that's when I believe we'll see that amazing movement of the spirit where we can say, yeah, there's, there's no homeless children oh, right. in the United States. Exactly. Or literacy numbers, illiteracy doesn't even exist in the United States. Or no children go to bed hungry exactly. in the United States. And if we're that, excuse my language, badass <laughs> right. as people or as a country, right. then that's what we should be pushing forward. Exactly. Those types of things. And, uh, and folks, again, hit me up with an email. I'd love to chat with you over, over some food about this and uh, get your perspective on it. Because I think that the more people that I can share this with, the more people I can spend time with who can help fine-tune my thought processes in what I'm thinking about in, in this movement, then we're all going to be better. But uh, Rashad, I want to, to talk more about your book sure, because sure. I, I know that it's just been released and I'm expecting this, like I told you back <laughs> in November when we chatted, I'm expecting things to really, really pick up steam quite a bit when more and more people find out yes. about your book. Um, Talk about the whole anime and how that's fused a little bit. And before you do that, mm -hmm. um, I've got a 13-year-old who's into anime, and yes. she's an artist as well. Awesome. And she always draws, like you had mentioned, mm -hmm. a lot of Asian characters or characters that look like they're they're homogeneous. Oh, right. But maybe right. not necessarily Caucasian, but not Asian, but definitely not anybody that you would randomly <laughs> sit around. It's just right. it's just something's not right there. And I said, well, you know, Cakes, why don't you why don't you draw some, some people of color, someone who looks like you? And she said, I have, but you know, it just hasn't clicked. Mm. So when you first mentioned it, I thought to myself, you may be teaching a whole group of young people like my daughter mm -hmm. that it can be done and this be a reference so right. can you just talk about how you fuse those together please? sure sure so uh, like I mentioned I, I started off with my art in, in my artistic career and I think a lot of people from my generation uh, born in the 90s had that experience because America experienced a huge influx of Japanese entertainment mm -hmm. um, and on Cartoon Network, there was a, a kind of program called Tsunami, which was a kind yes. of, uh, uh, which was the, the uh, a combination mm -hmm. of tsunami and uh, cartoons, tunes, mm -hmm. and that was really our introduction to a whole new world. And um, for me, that was my entryway into a different culture, and that's why I, I really appreciated anime, is because I was able to take myself out of my black body, out of my black experience, and say, oh, cool, there's another way of being that's just as beautiful. Um, and another way of being that's awesome. But it wasn't until I realized that I was trying to emulate that all the time that I said, there's something, there's a disconnect between my sense of self and what I'm putting down on paper. So it wasn't really until high school, until around the end of high school that I started really to get into black characters. Um, and like you said, um, spirit always kind of leaves breadcrumbs for you to kind of discover. Um, I discovered uh, a Somali writer who, um, it's pretty controversial, um, but she talks about uh, the concept of blackness and, uh, and colorism and what that does to uh, the black, black communities globally um, and how that kind of affects the diaspora. And she was kind of my first entryway into understanding um, blackness as a concept and blackness as something um, that was really beautiful. And, and not, not, not that my, my family didn't 
kind of espouse that, but that was my first time really sitting down and being like, oh, wow, I come from a long line of ancestors who had all these really amazing stories and really amazing kingdoms, and even if they weren't kingdoms, they were in villages and experiencing really beautiful lives. And that was really my first entryway into it. And so that's kind of when I started to merge um, my love for anime and art into my identity and what that meant for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm glad you touched on... Um uh, blackness and the black experience mm -hmm. and because I, I think that there's a lot of people of color and people who are of non-color mm -hmm. who are afraid to have that conversation or uncomfortable with just saying that right like right. my life experience as a black person as an african-american here in the united states mm -hmm. that is my experience right whether right. my skin color is, is lighter than others or darker than others i have a black experience exactly and my black experience is just as valid as anyone else's mm -hmm. black experience. Right. And when we fall into the trap of um, mystifying who is right or whose experience is proper, right. we're, 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 we're forgetting the individual experience of us all. Exactly. And I, and I think it behooves us to, to stop wanting to say, okay, well, they're not black because of this. Right. Or right. they're not Asian because of this. Right, right. Because they are who they are. Exactly. And had very little to do <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the complexion and uh, the, chemical, uh, the, the chemical com chemicals coming together to make us who we are. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad you said that, and, and I'm pushing for that. And that's almost like this, this thing I've been working on for a while. So I'm going to be putting out something about awesome individuals black experience right because right. my experience is different than yours which is different than than dj say what right. lady essence but that doesn't mean right. that their black experience is not a black experience exactly so uh, i'm glad that you're doing that and i and I, I believe that just from what i've seen so far of your art and your books mm -hmm. i think that steps like this will help to lead the way to have the conversations right. and to stimulate more young people right. to say that this is an opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I want to go back and talk to your characters because I know we're going to blow through the, the remaining time. <laughs> um, you were talking about the book is based upon chakras. Yes. And for the person who doesn't understand what chakras are, can you just give them a little elevator speech about that and then tie that into your book? Sure, sure. So uh, the concept um, of chakras is most predominantly associated with Eastern philosophies. Uh, so Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, primarily those two uh, kind of belief systems. And what it is is from the base of our bodies to the top of our heads, we have energy centers. Um, and these, en these energy centers um, are associated with different emotional and spiritual states of being. So, for instance, um, the first chakra, uh, the one that's closest to the floor, is called the root chakra. And that has to do with our, um, our ability to feel safe, our ability to feel grounded, um, our ability to feel um, connected to... Um, material matters, uh, whereas the crown chakra, which is the last and seventh chakra, um, is associated with our ability to feel connected with uh, spirit, with God, um, our, our, our all-knowingness. And so each one um, has to be kind of in balance and kind of open in order for you to kind of function fully. And, you know, because we're humans, we experience blockages. So, for instance, say you're heartbroken because you're 
girlfriend just broke up with you. Um, that has to deal with your heart, uh, can't speak, your heart chakra, uh, which gets blocked as a result of you being heartbroken. And so each kind of chakra has to do with a different emotional state and whether or not we're in balance or not. Mm -hmm. And how do you tie that into your book, especially uh, since the predominant age range for your book is seven to nine? Right, right. So I, I realized that these were really lofty concepts for kids to kind of tackle. So what I did is that I embodied each chakra as a hero. Um, and so kids can understand heroes, adults can understand heroes, we all like heroes. Um, but what's interesting and unique about these heroes is that they're out of balance. And so I kind of wanted to flip the idea of a hero on its head. Um, to say you don't have to be perfect in order to be a hero. And so the kids, they have a balanced friendship as a result of them kind of being together. So Amir is someone who's more sensitive, he's more heart-based, he thinks with his heart, he's very hard on his sleeve. Um, and Nina is someone who's very logical, she occupies a very um, thinking, logical uh, kind of headspace, so they kind of balance each other out where they're lacking. And so they end up being dragged into this world because this magical necklace knows that they're able to help out these heroes who are out of balance with their balanced friendship. And so that's kind of how the concept ties itself into the characters and um, weaves its, and, and the theme kind of weaves itself through throughout the narrative. Mm -hmm. and, and can you give me a little example of uh, one of the times in the book mm -hmm. where the characters have actually connected with other heroes whose chakras have been out of balance right. and they've helped them? Uh, sure. So um, without revealing too much of the first story, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, Amir and Nina end up um, getting sucked into uh, the spirit world and end up meeting the first hero, Root, uh, because he's the first, you know, Root Chakra. Um, and he's terrified. And so he he's a giant bull character. He's very muscular. He looks really tough, but he's terrified. And so it's comical when you have that juxtaposition of someone who's huge, but is, is you know, is a scaredy cat. Um, and so the kids end up having to convince him that it's okay to kind of get out of the sheets and um, live as a, and live as a ruler. And so, you know, his... His fear and his um, his fear and his worries kind of echo throughout his kingdom, and so it sends kind of everybody into a tailspin. And so the kids are sent to then balance everyone else and kind of put everyone else on the right track. <laughs> That's pretty awesome because I'm visualizing this right now. Right. So, 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 so I'm excited about this. All right, so how can people buy the book? How can they find the book? I know it's on your website, but what yes. if they wanted to purchase that? Uh, sure. So uh, the book is actually. Um, going to be available this month it's 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 just been sent to the printer so they are in the process of sending it to me um, but it will be available on Amazon um, but at the moment it's it's kind of exclusively available on my website it, it under the under the tab that says carefree like me all you have to do is look at the link that says pre-order pre-order this book and then that'll give you the option to go ahead and pre-order it uh, you don't have to buy it um, it, it doesn't charge you initially, it charges you when the book is sent. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah. Website again, please. Uh, www.ramalikillustrations.com. Awesome. Now, we're almost uh, out of time. We've got a couple of minutes left. Um, and uh, I, I do want to make sure that, that I touch on all the different things that I've put here. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like for you to, to summarize your friendship, mm -hmm. your friendship with Nina and Talia, and uh, how that is galvanized into this book right, right and uh, how you foresee it progressing yeah so um, you know at, at, at the core of it I'm dealing with a lot but I think the, the the main theme is 
friendship and, and how we, as humans, have to rely on each other in order to kind of get through the day. And so, you know, Nina and, and Talia have both been here and been there for me since, you know, I, I, as, as long as I can remember. And they've really been um, the emotional, the mental, um, do, you know, doing the work of supporting me in times when I was struggling and I, you know, provided the same thing to them. And so that theme of supporting and love and community uh, weaves itself in that way throughout the entire book. And so, you know, you kind of see traces of um, my real life friendship, especially with Nina, because she's the, the other main character in the book. Um, she's always one that's kind of sassy and I'm the one that's kind of like, eh, I'm feeling some kind of way about this, you know, so <laughs> we kind of bounce each other out that way. <laughs> awesome. Yep. All right. Well, um, we're going we're gonna to take a short commercial break okay. um, and pay some bills, and then we'll be back. Okay. Folks, you're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. We'll be back after a very short break. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. Website, Trenton365.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Trenton365. In the studio with me is Rashad Malik Davis, who is talking about his book, and uh, we haven't even gotten into his digital art, which I don't know if we're going to do that on uh, this show, but will you promise to come back? I, I do promise. <laughs> so I only swear. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> so, um, so briefly, I know that you graduated from Tufts mm -hmm. and then also from SCED uh, Animation School. You've got a couple of classes left that you need to finish yes. up. Um, for the folks who don't understand what digital art is, mm -hmm. can you just give a little summary? Sure. So uh, digital art is essentially um, using the computer, using a laptop, using um, any digital media in order to create you know, artwork. And so for me, what I typically use is a program called Photoshop. Um, and that's, it, it's, it's a pretty seamless uh, program if you kind of sit down and play with it. And it's something that I picked up around when I was 10, really. I, I picked it up when I was like 10 or 11 years old. My mother got it for me for Christmas and like just said, you know, have fun. And I did. And I just kept drawing and drawing and drawing um, until, until the point where it's, it's kind of more natural for me to use a digital kind of tablet more so than it is for me to use a pencil and paper. Um, so a digital media, digital media or digital illustration is just really an extension of a traditional illustration using traditional media like pencils, color pencils, paint, markers, what have you, but transferring that into the digital kind of sphere. And it makes it easier to kind of edit, um, to send to people, to make, you know, kind of on the go changes. And it's just, it's just a really seamless uh, type of, a, a really seamless way of creating at this point. And it's something that most kind of illustrators are tapping into mm. nowadays. All right, that's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, and you said you got this at a very young age, at ten years old. Your mother was was behind the whole concept. Oh, oh yeah, no, she she's always been um, very adamant about my gifts, um, and always been kind of like, if you're gonna do it, like do it all the way. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's really been her push that's kind of kept me steady with it, um, and her love really that's kind of given me the the impetus to go to move forward with it and so when I was about 10 or 11 years old for Christmas she got me something called a Wacom tablet um, and it's just a simple maybe 13 inch tablet um, with a digital pen and you draw onto the tablet and it translates directly onto the computer um, or the actions kind of translate directly into the digital sphere. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's that's currently one of the hot things or one of the, the main pieces of the tools that you're using? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, and it's it's really industry standard um, for a lot of animators, for um, people who are working within the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Many people or most people really um, kind of for time and 
efficiency and cost will translate their work into the, into the digital sphere because you don't have to buy paper, you don't have to you know constantly rebuy different supplies. It's just a constant stream of if you have the imagination and the creativity, just the tablet, the computer, and the pen in your in your set. Mm -hmm. And I want you to finish up uh, chatting about your family and just talk about the edification of your family and your friends being supportive. And I'd like for you to just talk about the importance of that. Of course, of course. So my mother, my father, my aunt, you know, um, they have been kind of like the, the trifecta <laughs> um, in terms of supporting me and kind of guiding my visions. And always at every juncture of every stage of my life where I've struggled and have been kind of worried about taking that leap of faith they've always been you know this is what you came to do this is what you agreed to do um, and this is what your spirit your soul whatever agreed to do and this is why you're here and they've always been the the push and the um, the kind of wind under the wings type of thing mm. <laughs> um, that have really kind of guided me along and same with my friends you know Nina Talia um, all of my closest friends they've always been very supportive of my work and um, very very honest about it you know telling me like this isn't that good this is good which is valuable because you don't want people who are just yes men you want people who are um, true friends and will say eh, this isn't really working and but they're doing it out of love mm -hmm. so every every one of them has always been very honest <laughs> mm -hmm. now er earlier you mentioned um, the creation of worlds um, mm -hmm. being the basis of your book mm -hmm. and and I know coming from um, a, a background um, that's that's Christian but but rather conservative right the, some of those ideologies and thoughts mm -hmm. could easily be construed or shot down right for a young person right um, I remember I had a guest on here Todd Evans son of black what's up Todd <laughs> uh, I had him on the show one time and he was talking about how um, um, he was ridiculed for listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire mm. because they were considered devil music. What, Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> back, back in the 70s, you know, or, oh, okay. or, or whatever it was. So, so I think that we go through these cycles right. where, again, where people are putting each other in boxes and, and people are putting themselves in boxes, mm -hmm. etc. I'd like for you to talk a bit about the creation of worlds mm -hmm. and the basis of that in your book sure sure so you know I've been really blessed to be around people of different faiths and different kind of spiritual systems um, and something that I've, I've, I've kind of always felt um, kind of pushed towards is um, traditional West African um, specifically specifically Yoruba kind of belief systems um, in the Orisha um, and Ifa uh, which has to do with ancestor veneration essentially and um, the belief in beings who like who are called the Orisha um, and are kind of I guess the closest thing that you would get to in, in Christianity would be saints mm -hmm. um, but they act as intermediaries um, between the human world and the spirit world um, and that and having that as a background has always been really inspiring to me and just always looking into mythology and um, being curious about people's uh, yeah being curious about people's cultures um, and their uh, belief systems has guided me in the creation of worlds. And so um, I studied anthropology undergrad, anthropology and Chinese, and um, Chinese language and uh, culture, and really having the experience of going to China and studying these and, and studying these uh, distant cultures for mine gave me the, the push in the right direction of being like, oh, wow, that there's there's something magical about each and every one of them that I've been to, and I can kind of translate that into my work. Mm. That's great. So, um, going forward, I mean, you've got your book that's going to come out soon. Mm -hmm. You're almost done with your with your master's degree. Yes. Um, come from a wonderful college, a wonderful university. Mm -hmm. You've got the support of your family. You've got 
good friendships <laughs> um, that, that have been there for decades who are still working with you in this process. Mm -hmm. Where do you see your book going? What do you want to do with your book? I have such lofty goals for this book. Um, I don't want it. I don't want it to be a simple. Um, this is this is a book, and that's it. I kind of want it to take on a life of its own. Um, and because I have the, the the background in animation that I now do, I would love to pitch it to animation studios um, and to say there is such a lack of these kinds of stories. And you know, I know that kids are hungry for it. I, I remember when the the Proud Family came out in the in the um, early two thousands or the nineties early 2000s um, and I you know I went I went ecstatic I was like oh my god they're black characters and they're and they're funny and they're cool and they're interesting and they they reflect my reality and um, I kind of want to uh, push that uh, in, in my own work mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, you know when I think back um, you know I'm substantially older than you are <laughs> um, but there were hardly any any characters of color on mm -hmm. TV I mean other than Fat Albert and it's interesting enough that that was a Bill Cosby product. Right. And then right. when my daughter was born, he had Little Bill. Right. Uh, right. Which was another wonderful show and a wonderful character who mm -hmm. introduced jazz music and different cultures and, and put a focus on Philadelphia and urban living and lifestyle. Exactly. And, it, and it's a shame that what has happened to him and his actions or whatever um, have, have led to the point where none of that is on television anymore or even the Cosby show right um, to an right. extent so I think that there's definitely a void mm -hmm. um, for uh, uh, people of color African Americans Latino Hispanics exactly. for them to be able to watch television on regular networks and to be able to see characters that represent them and, and they're not buffoons and they're not criminals right they're just everyday people who right. are trying to build a better life for themselves and for their family and for their friends and the trials and tribulations that they go through. So I hope that your book, when it when it's released mm -hmm. and it's pitched to some animation studios, that maybe this could be that. Yeah. I mean, even if it's done just regionally or right. locally, I think that it's important for us to give these opportunities to young people and not only people of color, but mm -hmm. also people who are not color, right. for them to realize that these opportunities and these lives and lifestyles exist. We're all going through the same ex exact thing. Exactly. And and I think sometimes people who uh, are Caucasian, mm -hmm. they've actually have been blinded even more. Right. Because they've right. been taught and instructed that there is no other way to do anything other than what they've been taught. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, are, are you looking to get your book uh, in in schools, in churches, do you do seminars, book fairs, etc.? And um, is is there a curriculum that you have have uh, created with this as well? For sure. So yes, yes, and yes. Oh, great, fantastic. <laughs> so um, I have already been contacted by uh, several schools who are interested in working with me um, and having me not only read to the students but offer a workshop uh, as well. Um, Again, this project is, is, is based on emotional literacy and what I want to offer to schools and to students and to families is the idea of empathy. And you know, you made a really wonderful point of saying um, a, lot of, a, a lot of students who um, are not of color don't have that experience of being different. Um, and so they're, they're, they're not forced to, to confront people who are different on a daily basis in their literature and their entertainment. Um, and so they don't have the empathy skills to understand what it means to be in their shoes. Um, and as an example of that, I was, you know, maybe 13, 
12 or 13, I was at a karate class, and um, a white student said to me, uh, I brought in my sketchbook one day, and he said, oh, I didn't know black people could draw. And I said, you know, where have you been living? What, how, how have you been living that you can really expect that um, somebody who has a heart like you, has a face like you, is human like you, wouldn't have the same innate abilities. And so for me, the workshops that I'm going to be offering at schools and what I want to pitch to schools um, is something called, um, kind of like, a, it's, it's called Superhero Like Me. And it's, and it's essentially um, pairing students off with a, a student who is different from them and building a hero from that character, um, from a list of traits from that, you know, from that individual student. And really learning what it is to not only um, utilize character design, uh, writing skills, literacy, and critical thinking, but also just the basic human level of this person is different from me, but there's something heroic about them. There's something really wonderful and magical about them too. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's th something that we're going to have to drill down on later, and I know that this is probably going to be a lifelong uh, opportunity to teach and to grow. Right. For all people to come together and say, hey, look, we, we share the same things. Right. And we're all trying to achieve the same things exactly and, and again it behooves us if we want to progress as a society as a culture as mankind or womankind mm -hmm. we have got to get to a point where just because of the color of, of one person's skin or where they live isn't going to prevent people from that right. so uh, Rashad Malik Davis can you share the contact information one more time we've got about 30 seconds of course so again the website is www.ramalikillustrations.com the Instagram handle is ramalik underscore illustrations uh, Twitter is Rashad Malik Davis, and the same with Tumblr is Ramalik Illustrations. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure to meet you in person and to chat with you. I look forward to having you back on the show. Please keep me and my audience uh, updated on all of your efforts. Will Folks, we? you've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show heard Tuesday nights and Friday nights over WING and WPHY. Send me an email, Trenton365show at gmail.com. Hit me up on the website, Trenton365.com, and we'll be back next week. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you killed it, man.